This is the Rich Lawyer Podcast. We talk to rich lawyers, brainstorm ideas, and separate the facts from the fiction so that you can forge your own rich path. In today's world where we have instant access to countless lifestyles, there's no reason to settle for anything less than being rich with a purpose. So tune in for unfiltered conversations and practical strategies to help you skip the unhappy broke part and jump straight to the rich part because your richest life is your best life. Welcome to the Rich Lawyer Podcast. I'm Athena Rodriguez, and this is the only podcast that helps you uncover the path towards becoming a rich lawyer by living on purpose. On purpose, by design, with intention, rather than by accident or by someone else's rules that just don't make sense for the life that you want. And it really does begin with figuring out how to be the best law student you can be because that's ground zero. And if you're not a law student anymore, uncovering this path towards becoming a rich lawyer, it can start today. You know, why? Well, don't you want to be a rich lawyer? You know, the one with a really good life, the free life with access to everything and anything that you want. It's possible and you know it. And I can tell because that's why you're here. You can have whatever you want in this life, just not all of it all at once. So choose wisely and choose to be a rich lawyer. Now, with that said, Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Welcome to the season of the brand lift, the year of focus, the year that is nothing like the year behind us. You know, we're entering the the last moments of summer here in Melbourne and I trust you've spent the past few months leading up to the holidays and the the first leading to leading into the new year with finesse and I also trust that you've taken some time out to sit down with yourself and devise a system for how you're going to live bigger, more outrageously, more outside the box, and with more focus than you did last year. If you haven't, pencil it into your calendar and do it. You know, you can't know where you're going if you don't set a destination. This isn't gap year where you get to wander about aimlessly hoping that you'll figure it out along the way. This is your life. I personally started last winter in about June and so far this summer season for me has been absolutely wonderful i i set out a block of time to map out where i wanted to be in summer what i wanted to be doing and how that would tie into the rest of the year which is 2023 um so i have started working in intellectual property and it's great it's so wonderful that i don't have to focus on legal admin because I really took my time to find the work experience that I really wanted before I began to to feel to feel desperate about it. That was part of my plan and it's come to fruition. Uh, it took it took longer than I expected, but the result that I imagined, but it, it, it's the result that let's start over again. It, it took longer than I expected, but the result that 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 I achieved was bigger than I imagined it would be. So today, what we're going to talk about is being grounded in reality and how that ties into your rich life as a lawyer. So why does this? Why does the process of becoming a rich lawyer begin when you're a law student rather than when you're already a lawyer? You know, it, it doesn't have to start then, but the the entire premise of this podcast is to help us navigate those wondrous and treacherous waters. You know, under the protection of law school and academia so that we can develop the tools that we need while our time is cheap 
so that we've got them ready to go once we're sailing out on our own, working in those law firms, those organizations, startups, where, wherever your path takes you. If, if you start figuring out what you want, what you like, where you want to go, how much you want to earn now while you're in learning mode, you'll be much better positioned to transition into the life of being a lawyer rather than becoming admitted, getting that first job, and then asking yourself, well, well, what now? You know, I did all the stuff that I was I was supposed to do, and now I'm here, and I don't know what my options are. Now, this is 90% speculation because I'm not a lawyer yet, but I presume that once we're gainfully employed and salaried and able to buy everything that we could not while we were students, there's going to be a whole period of confusion where now you really have to figure out how to be the best lawyer that you can be because you don't have the protection of law school and academia where you get feedback and you have second chances. You know, you'll likely have to conduct yourself like a professional, both in how you dress and how you communicate with other people. You know, what if you get pushed into a practice area that doesn't interest you? but you don't know how to say no because you don't know the difference between opportunity and distraction. You know, you don't have to know every, you don't have to have every step mapped out, but at a minimum, have an idea of where you don't want to end up and why. And even better, have an idea of where you would like to go, where you would like to end up and why. So our our primary focus in law school is to learn. It's to learn the theory behind the law to learn about what it might be like to have a full-time job, learn about how to manage yourself, your time, and most of all, to learn as much as you can about yourself. You know, we have the internet, and unless you live under a rock in the desert, in the bush, there's no way that you can't get a glimpse into the into the working life of other people without having um, to try it for yourself first. There just isn't any valid reason to go through all of this schooling and then get admitted as a lawyer and start working where you're going to work and then realize that it's nothing at all like you expected. It baffles me every time that I see a video uh, online or read an article about someone who's been out of university for five minutes and they're surprised that building a career is hard work at the start. You know, they thought that if they had ticked all the boxes, which is typically getting a good degree, Uh, getting a good job in a good company and then they realize that the actual work is not what they expected because they have to work a lot of hours or perhaps it's the the work that you might have to do you might feel like it's beneath you and by the way if you're not if you're not familiar with virtual work experiences by Forage or Sherpa those are fantastic ways to get insight into into the type of the type of projects that lawyers actually work on. I personally have done four of them. Uh, I've done one in tax advisory, one in project management, and two in law. Uh, The two law ones were mergers and acquisitions and intellectual property, and it actually gave me something to talk about in my interview um, with this this intellectual property firm um, that I'm working with now. You know, they're free, and it's like a, it's, it's like a self-paced online project that you complete in your own time and once you complete the task you can unlock all the model answers and you also get a badge that you can put on your LinkedIn. At this point I don't know what the what the value is on LinkedIn but from a personal perspective it gives you something substantial to talk about with other lawyers, uh, with other law students, your colleagues and something to talk about in an interview. Don't leave money on the table, you know, don't scoff at the free lunch, take it. 
I will leave a, a, a link in the description box um, below the podcast. Now, that aside, how does anyone spend so many hours on social media and then join the working world and immediately become disappointed because it's not what they expected? You know, of course, it's not going to be what you expected if you're not grounded in reality. And this is exactly what we're going to be talking about today on this episode. Now, Ray Dolio has a really neat book out called Principles. I'll also leave the title in the description if you want to have a look. This, this book is divided into two parts. It's got work principles and life principles. It's full of so much wisdom and it's so easy to understand, unlike a legal textbook. Now, you don't have to read, you don't have to read this book like uh, fiction from cover to cover. You can just have a look at the table of contents and find something that jumps out at you and you can just have a read. Uh, so in this book, he says, Idealists who are not grounded in reality create problems, not progress. Now, let's unpack this little sentence and see how it relates to the rich lawyer life. Now, for the purposes of this podcast, we can leave out the idealist bit. Um, In my mind, I've not yet been able to, to reconcile idealism with being a lawyer just because idealism in this case can mean having a way of looking at things as they should be and not how they actually are. It's a type of black and white thinking and you should have gathered by now that nothing about the law is black and white. It depends. So for for the most part, it all depends on so many circumstances specific to to, um, a particular situation. So what does it actually mean to be grounded in reality and why is it a problem if we're not? To be grounded in reality basically means that you've got to be honest with where you are in life, where you actually are, not where you wish you were, not where you used to be, where you'd rather be, but where you are right now, today. This extends to your strengths, what you're good at, what you're not good at, your limitations, what you like and what you don't like. It means having a certain level of self-awareness. If at a basic level you don't know the answers to these questions, you're guaranteed to fail at becoming the type of rich lawyer, living the type of rich life that we talk about on this podcast. A lot of people seem to to fight to see like what is actually true, uh, what their current what what their current reality is because it's not what they want it to be. You know, this ties to being open-minded to to your reality as you think it is and the reality of the world around you. So the more open-minded you are, the less likely you are to deceive yourself. Have you ever known someone who who thought that they were really world-class at something when in reality their their skill set was was pretty mediocre? This this isn't about throwing shade at anyone who um, is working hard at achieving certain goals or putting people down because they're stretching themselves in learning something new and they still suck at it. I'm referring to a person who believes that they're really good at something and the feedback that they receive shows the complete opposite and they make it known to everyone that other people just don't know what they're talking about because they're jealous. This person also believes that they don't need to improve in any way because they already know everything. They know everything on the topic. I once knew a person like this and this person shall remain unnamed. Uh, So during the time that I regularly associated with this person, they had been fired from every single job that they'd had because their skills were their skills weren't up to to industry standard. 
because they believed that the the success that they had enjoyed early in their career meant that they never had to they never had to upgrade upgrade their skills or improve themselves or update anything any part of their knowledge in any way whatsoever. So they found it they found it very difficult to receive feedback from other people uh, because the feedback that they were getting didn't match the perception that they had in their mind of what their skill level was. So to this person, they had like celebrity status skills, meaning that they were so good that celebrities were their main clientele. You know, in reality, this person was always broke, and they weren't really, they weren't very well liked because they had this habit of insulting, like, insulting, like offending everyone that would would doubt would doubt how great they are. This is an example of a person not being grounded in reality as it actually was. It's a classic example of it's a classic example of a person who did really well in school. You know, they've got uh, excellent marks. They were loved by all the teachers. Wonderful feedback, and then they go into university believing that they're the smartest and the best, and there's no room for improvement. At university, this this person finds themselves surrounded by people who are just as smart, just as talented, etc. Um, as they are, if not more so. And this is typically reflected through the types of marks that they get. And in an effort to hold on to this reality that they used to live, they begin to deceive themselves as to how reality is and they don't take an open-minded perspective um, as to how they can make life easier for themselves, you know, how to make life more pleasant, less struggle. You know, it's called it's called a reality check. So you can say to you can say to yourself, okay, well, what I was doing before and who I was before was working for me, and now not so much, and I feel unhappy about that. This sucks. What can I do to turn this around? And this type of person also exists in the workplace. I briefly worked with a colleague from my cooking school years back and we were both really great students. I worked two jobs while I was at TAFE and I thought that I had a pretty decent idea of what it was like to work in a commercial kitchen. My colleague uh, was working at a major hotel and we briefly worked there together during TAFE. Now this person was very vocal about how great they were to the point that it was it was uncomfortable to listen to their self-praise sometimes. You know, once we actually got to work in a commercial kitchen, you know, in like a more professional capacity, this person became really unhappy very quickly and they became aggressive because they weren't they weren't receiving the same level of excellent feedback that they did at TAFE. You know, they were they were rude. They were rude with other senior colleagues when they offered feedback on how to improve, like how to improve their skills. We were we were young chefs. They didn't last very long. I also became I also became pretty unhappy, but that was because the reality of working in a commercial kitchen was nothing at all like being at TAFE and and working part-time jobs. And I realized that I had no idea how to be a chef. And despite being a really great home cook, I sucked at my job. So I readjusted my expectations pretty quickly because I refused to allow myself to fail at something that I had worked so hard to achieve and the fact that I was unhappy was my fault anyway. So I, I realized that you have to learn some basic rules first if you want to play, if you want to play the game. So tying this back to Ray Dalio's quote, if you're not grounded in reality with a certain level of self-awareness, you create problems for yourself, not progress. 
If you think that you're going to become a great lawyer and live a life of riches and grandeur, but you don't actually want to be a lawyer, you know, you're just doing it because it looks cool or it sounds impressive, or goodness forbid, it looks exciting on Netflix, perhaps it's best that you ask yourself if you're okay with the possibility, so if you're okay with the, with the possible consequences that are attached to making huge decisions like that just because it looks good on the outside. You know, on the other hand, being super aware of the substance of your dreams and why you want them for yourself and how you might go about achieving those dreams is a good step in, in the right direction. It's decision making grounded in what is true for you and not something or someone else. I think that we've all been in a situation where we realize, we've realized that we're not as good at something um, as we thought we were when we, when we look at the feedback. And it's painful sometimes to receive negative feedback because it's a clear example of how and when reality just doesn't match up to what we think reality is. This is called, this is what I would call a harsh reality, but it's very information rich. It's a, it's a very information rich outcome that you can use to realign yourself with your ideas on, on how you're going to get from where you are today to where you want to go over there. So knowing how to face harsh realities in life and to be able to reflect on them and to move through them is going to provide you with progress. You know, avoiding harsh realities is just going to create problems for you. An example of a harsh reality would be that you have come to the realization that you don't have as many friends as you thought you did because none of those friends were able to help you when you needed it. This could be for several reasons. Maybe you're not as well liked as you thought you were because your attitude sucks and you're a bit toxic or maybe those people are just poor quality people who've always just been looking for free things when the free things are available but once they have to give something back they're nowhere to be found. They're busy. That's harsh. So you can let that reality destroy you or you can say okay things are not how I thought they were how can I fix this I'd also like to add that thinking that you're worse than you actually are in the way that you completely ignore any positive feedback from other people because you haven't learnt how to value yourself properly yet is not to be confused with modesty or humility you you need to believe on a certain level that you're capable of achieving things you're capable of achieving the goals and the dreams that you set out for yourself because no one is coming to do the believing for you and how do you know that how do you believe that you can achieve goals and and live your dreams if you don't know how to do xyz or you can't or you just don't believe that it's possible these are these are all valid questions these are all valid doubts but how well, with a very healthy dose of realistic expectations and being familiar with reality. The, the real questions that we should be asking are, what do I need to learn today so that I can figure out how to do X, Y, Z? You know, if you, if you believe that you can't or that you never will, then you, you probably won't. And you probably don't want to reach those goals or live those dreams because your reasons as to why, they're just not strong enough. That's why you have to know, you must know what you want. Unless it's a material object, you don't need to justify what you want to anyone except you and your bank account. But even if your goal is, is to become a lawyer, you don't need to justify to anyone 
why you've chosen to become a lawyer or an architect, but you will need to know why, because eventually you're gonna run into challenges that are gonna beg you to ask yourself the question, why on earth did I decide to do this again? What was I thinking? Why? Why have I decided to do this to myself? And when things get really tough, you're gonna need a compelling reason to keep pushing through to get what you want. Presumably you're here, you're here today because you don't believe that you will ever become a rich lawyer because it's highly unrealistic and it's impossible and that you'll just have to take whatever life is, is, is given to you once you become a lawyer because you have always been a person who is like XYZ or no one in your family is a rich lawyer or you don't even or you don't know any lawyers whatever but I can guarantee you that you're here because you're at least curious and you want to know how on earth that could possibly work for you now there are people out there living the lives of their dreams there are people out there making loads of money that solve their money problems there are people out there living abundant wealthy and purposeful lives not only as lawyers but across all types of professions so have you ever heard of any successful person say that if they can do it you can do it too and maybe you scoff at that remark because if they only knew that you if they only knew what your life was like or the your specific set of circumstances uh, that are present in your life or or whatever then they wouldn't say such a thing you might even say that it's easy for them to say that because you and you can insert whatever reason or valid excuse that you'd like here you can't and to an extent you're right it is easy for them to say that because they've already lived the circumstances that got them to where they are and you haven't done that yet or maybe they received an inheritance or they have a trust fund we all like to believe that um, people have just uh, come into a large sum of money a part of it is luck you know, luck in that it requires you to be at the right place at the right time and sometimes certain, certain circumstances will be stacked against you because you were born in a country where opportunities are different. But I live in Australia, many of you live in Australia, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. It's a country where people want to come to you because you can achieve your dreams if that's what you want. You can create your own luck by becoming the type of person that is able to be at the right time at the right place because you're ready to move when you need to move. Maybe the right time in the right place is having 500 or $1,000 in your bank account because a really great opportunity is interstate and you need to fly there to meet with so-and-so. Maybe the right time in the right place is having gotten admitted as a lawyer as soon as you finish your degree rather than later or just continuing to put it off. When someone is offering you the opportunity of a lifetime to work in the law in a way that you never could have imagined but you can't you can't take advantage of that opportunity that is in front of you right now today because you never got admitted you kept putting it off now at the time maybe you weren't sure if you wanted to be a lawyer but now you are because you found a different way to be a lawyer that's more aligned with with your goals and the vision that you have for your life so being ready to be ready helps you create your own luck be open-minded to the idea that there are a million ways to do what you want to do. You just need to be willing to accept that and to choose your way and not worry about what other people are doing or thinking about what you're doing. Because the reality of that is that no one is thinking about you in the way that you think they are. No one has time to think about you all day because that's your job. Do you know how, do, do you know how I ended up 
knowing that I wanted to become a lawyer. It's mostly by accident, but it was by saying yes to an opportunity to live and work overseas when I really wanted to say no because I felt scared that it was going to be a terrible decision. The job that I took overseas as a chef actually ended uh, in being the worst job I have ever had for several reasons, but through that suffering, I learned how to speak another language. I got to learn all about what happens when you run your business into the ground through operating with the concept that you're above the law. Now, it was there that I discovered that uh, it said that I discovered what my path was going to be from where I was as a chef to working as a professional in an office somewhere that didn't involve physical manual labor. Now, before law school, I actually started out with uh, a double master's degree in accounting and business law, and I, business law. And I loved that experience so much. And it was through that experience that I found I found that my place was in the legal profession. And I graduated business school early and started law school while I could still pay for it. All because I said yes, because I figured that it might come in handy in the future. Being open-minded to just be open-minded to try new things and to meet new people. The worst thing that can happen is that you meet someone boring and you discover something that you don't like. You know, those people should not become your friends. Keep them in your network, but they don't have to be your friends. And the things that you discover that you don't like, those things do not need to play any type of significant role in your life. You know, your rich life doesn't involve people that don't align with your values or interests, and it doesn't involve doing things that you don't like to do, unless that thing is required to have what you really want. Sometimes, sometimes we just don't like to work, like at all, but it's a fact of life. Choose, choose, choose your work. I, I'll leave the name of Ray Dalio's book in the notes so that you can have a read. And I'll also take this opportunity to thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you'll be back. Um, I hope that you'll go back to doing whatever it was that you were doing. And remember that life is what you make of it. And to remember that reality checks are a good thing if you want to stay on track towards the rich lawyer life. We can't keep our heads in the sand. If you're already, if you aren't already following us on Facebook or Instagram, make sure that you do. We're at the Rich Lawyer so that I can feel good about myself. And I know that you will be coming back again because this is the only podcast that is going to make you the Rich Lawyer that you will no doubt become. So until next time, remember that it's going to be all right because you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to be living your richest life. Bye, friends. Thank you.